Yeah. Uh, just continuing a little bit what we discussed yesterday. Yesterday we were discussing the, uh, the halacha that uh, a person has to respect the Beis HaMikdash and the place of the Beis HaMikdash. And the same thing, a person has to honor uh, a shul, a place where we dive in, the place of a Beis Medrash. And it was based on the Pasuk that uh, Yaakov Avinu said, he was in awe. He said, uh, How awesome is this place? This is a place where Hashem is available to have an interaction with us. It's a place where Hashem is readily revealed to us. The base on Mikdash. And uh, that's why uh, he, uh, he, uh, he understood that it was inappropriate for him to go to sleep there and so on. Uh, in the same way, shuls and base medrashes are the same place, or the same idea. They're a place where we come to interact with, with Hashem. They're places that are designed for our interaction with Hashem. And treating them uh, inappropriately, as we'll see in a minute, what's defined inappropriately, it detracts from our ability to connect and relate to Hashem. We elaborated yesterday. So, I just wanted to discuss a little bit the halachas, uh, not practically just the categories and we'll have to see further how to define them. So a, a shul or a base medrash that was built uh, or purchased with the intention of making it a shul or a base medrash and it was used for that purpose, it has a kedusha of a base aknesis and a base medrash and we are not allowed to do anything that's not either learning and davening or mitzvahs. Even, even selling and buying of mitzvahs is permitted. It's a tzorach mitzvah. So, they, so a, a shul that's completely defined or legally defined as a shul or a base medrash, uh, no, you're allowed to do only holy activities, kedusha, and mitzvahs. And that's it. Meaning no speaking, no... Uh, no checking your email. It, anything that's not uh, a mitzvah is completely prohibited halachically. That's the ikaradin. The second type of shul or base matters that we have is a shul that was built with the intention of being used as a shul, of being designated as a shul, but they made a condition it was that we would be permitted to do mundane things in it like eating and drinking and so on. So, in a shul like that, we are, in a shul like that, we are permitted to do mundane things, tashmish of chulim, but we are prohibited anything that would be in the category of kalus rosh. Uh, I don't know how you translate kalus rosh. Uh, frivolity? I mean, if there's a better... Huh? Joking. Yeah, joking, uh, that's all in the category of Kalos Rosh. Yeah, I know, I, you have to argue. There might be, there might be a type of joking that, that's not in the category of Kalos Rosh. But uh, there is for sure a type of joking that is. Uh, so Kalos Rosh is prohibited in a shul that's made with a t'nai. But eating and drinking and so on, and other uses of chulin are permitted. Right? Mundane activities are permitted in a shul that has a tonight, but Kalus Rosh is prohibited. There's a third category, there's a, another type of shul, 
That's what I was mentioning to Dr. Kano yesterday, where the shul is built with the intention of not getting the kedusha of a shul at all. They, 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 they don't want to violate the halachas of the shul. So what do they do? They say, look, we're making a building that's designated for the public. And we're going to daven there, and we're going to have meals there, and we'll do, we'll do whatever it is that we're interested uh, in doing. As a tibur, we're going to do it in that place. So then the condition, it, it's not we're making a shul with a condition that we could use it for mundane things. We're really deciding that this doesn't get the kedusha of a shul at all. That's the type of condition that permits even kalus rosh. So in a shul like that, mundane activities are permitted, even kalus rosh is permitted in a shul like that. However, the atashmish megune, which is a... a, a I translate Tashmish Meguna, embarrassing, uh, disgraceful, uh, disgusting, or for example, using it as a bathroom, something that's, that's inherently, uh, inherently gross, uh, would be prohibited even in the shul that didn't get the Kedusha at all, it's just being used as a shul, uh, and it was made with the intention of being used for, public, for the public needs, but doesn't have at all the Kedusha of a shul. So that's the categories. Again, what fits in what category, what fits in the category of, uh, of, uh, of Kalus Rosh and Tashmish Maguna, we're going to have to, we're gonna, it requires more, more definition. Okay, so that's the, the categories. And to, know, to know practically what to do over here, we have to discuss with Dr. Kanner what was the night that was made. Uh, for our uh, for our shul, but either way, uh, and regardless, based on what we said yesterday, we're saying we have to know the halachas because we have to know practically what to do. But what we said yesterday was that it it would behoove a person to take upon themselves standards standards uh, that are perhaps not halachically required in order to create the effect for himself of a place of Kedusha, of, to, in order to get the effect of, the full effect of a place that's designated for interaction with Hashem, a person, it, it would make sense, it would be correct for a person to take upon themselves a higher standard of, uh, of conduct in order uh, to, to, to uniquely uh, designate the place for himself and to, um, I guess, to make it easier for himself and make it unique uh, as a place that he interacts with Hashem, which would cause him to actually have a more uh, effective experience when he does come to learn in Davin, if it's a place that's uniquely designated for learning and Davening, regardless of the halachic stand, status of the, of the place, if that's a place where he's solely focused on Hashem, that would create a different experience for him, regardless of whether the halacha requires it or not. That's basically, we, we went through the halachas, but really it's not, but wasn't you, the point. You can designate one place for one week, and next week is no longer a place. Yes, that's right. You could make a, you, if you have a shul that's designated to be a shul for, for, for the summer when people are, are visiting and not a shul, so when it's a shul, when it's the summer has the halachas of a shul, and when it's not the summer, it doesn't. So can you look at the shiva house? Yeah, yeah. Shiva, a shiva house is not even, uh, it's, it's less than that even. 
a shiva house is, the, is, is, is probably you would even be allowed to do a Taj Mishmiguna. It, does, it doesn't even become uh, a shul at all. It becomes a shul because you're While you're davening, well, no, while you're you davening, I, 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 I don't know that it gets a standard of a shul at all for any, for any, so for any call, What do you draw the woman at? Call it something a shul, basically, we'll call the woman at. Designation in the use. Des- what was so intended? So designate their own their own home, the living room as a shul. Yeah, then they'll would that probably would be have. Acceptable. And if it's used, if it would be acceptable. It would it would it would cause the <coughs> it would have a ramifications for what they're allowed to do in their living room. Which of the three categories of shul is the stam case? Right. So if it's not specified, I would assume that it's made as a, if it was made to be a shul and it wasn't, it, it, there was no, so then I would assume that it has the Allah of the most strict. However, there's an opinion that I saw today that says that anything that a tanai is effective for, for example, the, the, it's, as if, it's as if he had in mind for that tanai. Since tonight is effective to permit eating and drinking and so on, so it's almost like it, it's assumed or it's das based, and it's kind of uh, the, the assumption, the, the, the legal assumption that, that, that that's what it was intended, even though they didn't have in mind. There is an opinion like that. I would have to, to rely on it, so we'll have to see where at. The, I think the process is not like that. The process, if someone made a shul and didn't exclude, or didn't uh, didn't limit the the, the, the kedusha of it and, and permit himself to do it. The pastor said should have the kedusha of a shul completely. But the, but I'm saying clearly that's not someone that says not like that. Kedusha kedusha permanent. Yeah, there's, that's the whole Yeah, so there, there's the assumption. The starting point is that yes. But they, there's a whole uh, set of halachas of iskneses shecharav. What if it, what if it gets destroyed? What if you sell it? There's a there's a whole. Uh, like what if I'm renting someone's house and I turn it into this mess and I forever destroy his ability to use it? <laughs> right, Rich, I don't know if you're allowed to. I don't know, but they, it, we we have to discuss if a person has the ability to 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 put to place a kedusha on someone else's uh, a property in that way. It could be that all of his all of his ability to put to create a kedusha is limited to his rights. And they're saying he doesn't have any ability to create kedusha past what his rights are. But like I said, I don't know. It's possible, that yes. And as far as we'd be like that. Okay. Thank <laughs> you.